Welcome to Consultation Room 24. I'm Dr. Kirk Lane, your host for today's episode. In this episode, we're going to meet Dr. Katrina McGilvery. Katrina, welcome. Good morning, Kirk. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you decide to become a doctor? Well, unlike some, I didn't decide in kindergarten that I wanted to play doctor and go that direction. It came from years of a uh, really healthy lifestyle, parents that were both raised on farms, a lot of vacation time we spent on the farm, and healthy foods, growing our own produce, watching mom can and freeze vegetables and things like that. And from that, an interest in nutrition, I decided to go into nutrition as a major. And it just followed from there that I wanted to help people improve their lives, health. And it just flowed from there. Probably not a decision until halfway through college that I that I wanted to go to medical school. Nutrition major. So food's important to you. Food is very important. Not like, you like to eat. I like to eat. I do not like to cook. Okay. Who cooks at your house? Well, that would be my awesome husband, Rod. Okay. So he's in charge of all the cooking. You're in charge of what you guys eat. Correct. Correct. I've done a lot of direction over our 30-year marriage on healthier foods, choices, ways we can substitute, things like that. He grew up from a background of six kids and their meals were often more processed than I grew up with. There was a lot of bologna and white bread sandwiches, things like that. When I met him, the chips were gone. We said more vegetables, more fruits. It's been a transition. At first, there was a lot of bread, a lot of potatoes, a lot of sweets brought in. And I can't stay away from the sweets, so they can't come into the household at all. If they're not there, you can't eat them. Correct. Okay. So where did you go to college? College, I started at DePaul University in Indiana. Uh, very, It was a very wonderful private school, expensive. And after a year and a half, I transferred back in state to Illinois, to University of Illinois. And that's where I picked up my nutrition major. So, in, What was your major back in DePaul? Generic biology. Okay, generic biology. In the sciences, yeah. Now, I happen to know your dad was a veterinarian. Correct. So did that influence you? Did you ever think about going to vet school? We had always been around animals. He was a large animal veterinarian when we lived in rural Illinois. And as we moved into the Chicago suburbs and he took on small animals, I spent a lot of time in his office. In fact, his first practice, the office and the house were combined in the same building. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so I, I had opportunity to see birth of animals, smaller animals at that time, and a lot of interaction. And as I grew up, I helped out a lot. It was my summer job answering phones, helping with surgeries. But what I realized was I liked the interaction with human beings where you could talk and have conversations and get a little bit more information on their health rather than trying to extrapolate just based on findings. And so I went the human approach rather than the animal approach. How long did your dad practice veterinary medicine? 
My father passed away at 65 of cancer, and he practiced up until about two weeks before that date. Wow. Okay. So he loved it. He loved it. It was his life. My dad was sometimes a uh, hard guy to get along with. And at his funeral, his clients came out of the woodwork and just said what an awesome person he was, which was great as a daughter to hear. Sure. Sure. Now, you're really close to your sister, and she's really into health and nutrition as well. Tell me about what she does. Baby sister Shelly. She's eight years younger, so I basically grew up raising her, knowing how to take care of infant uh, sister. And she has all the energy and pep. And she took our background with healthy eating and emphasis on just being healthier, keeping our bodies moving, things like that, and went into uh, corporate fitness and health promotion. So she's a personal trainer and an awesome one because of her passion, because of her knowledge. Uh, she keeps up to date on things just like I study. We study, get our 50 hours of education going. She does at least 30 hours of education a year. And she has helped so many people get healthy lose weight, keep the weight off, and it's all through focusing on healthy foods going in. Healthy foods, mm -hmm. and then she, she also hits the exercise piece really heavy, correct? Yeah, she's one of those people that actually likes to exercise. Ah, okay. She doesn't feel right if she doesn't exercise she doesn't every day. She doesn't feel good if it hasn't happened. Correct, okay. correct. Okay, so tell me about medical school. You took a different route than everybody else in this practice, and you are actually a doctor of osteopathy, or a DO. I'd like to hear about that. So your third year in college, you start looking at medical schools, taking your MCAT in order to get into medical school. And looking around, my mother actually called and said, hey, with your background in nutrition, you're more holistic approach to the human body, you ought to look at the osteopathic medical schools. Your grandfather has always gone to an osteopathic physician, and it may fit in there well. Okay, so square one, I have to research it. I've never heard of osteopathy. Couldn't even say it at first. But what I found out in research, it's a newer medical profession. And what it, in what it entails is looking at the body truly as a whole, which I think over time, all physicians have started doing more of that. But at the time, it was felt that we needed to delve more into looking at how the musculoskeletal system affects our overall health and vice versa. Are there things that we do? Or are there things where there are clues if there's something wrong with the heart or with our stomach, like ulcers. Are there things you can look at in the musculoskeletal examination to give us clues there? Are there things that we can do for better alignment and help with the musculoskeletal system to help with other things like breathing and better lung capacities and things like that? So it really was an entire holistic approach. We didn't do nutrition training as part of that, we did more of the musculoskeletal system and learning how to do adjustments and get people more balanced from a neurologic and musculoskeletal standpoint. So it fit in perfectly well with my background and my philosophy 
for health in general. And when I applied to both MD schools and DO or osteopathic schools, it was the interview process that really resonated with me. And I love the osteopathic schools and made that decision to go that direction. Were you and Ron married at the time? I was. Yeah. Did you guys get married in college? I should. We got married during medical school, second year of medical school. It's one of those where, okay, where do you find the free time? As you know, there's not a whole lot of free time in medical school. And so Christmas break, we had about a week and a half off. And I took my exams early by about two days, and we were able to then have the rehearsal, get married, and take about three days off for a honeymoon. So, Okay. Now, tell me about your kids. Three awesome kids. Garrett is our oldest, has a major in economics, and he is at home with us, and he's witty and bright, full of trivia on history and politics and economics and just an amazing guy. Ian is out in California with all of his new friends um, trying to stay healthy when forest fires are devastating the, the land, their wineries, things like that. He has a he works in industrial design. So he designs techie things like cell phones and virtual glasses. It's the job of his dreams. So he is out there and we don't see him much, especially now with COVID-19 issues. He did not come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And so we lament that kind of stuff. But Zoom's been awesome and we stay communicating in those ways. So it's been been great. Sky is 20. She's at the University of Louisville. She decided to stay down in southern Indiana, northern Kentucky, rather than come up here with us. She is studying nursing and wants to go somewhere warm in a year. So she's saying she'll go to Florida. So I'll have kids at two opposite ends of the country. Wow. Makes me a little sad because you have grandbaby so close. And I think I'm going to have to travel by airline to see mine. Well, you know, it'll all work out. It is nice having uh, Haley and Tony just two hours away. But don't forget, my son Evan is in Australia. And that's like, you know, thousands of miles away. So I get that. How did you end up at the Crone Clinic? The Crone Clinic was a dream come true when I ran into it. And I ran into it through the advertising mailer that came in. And I always believe in God having a hand in everything. I had been in an awesome physician-owned practice for 15 years, stepped out for a year to try a more integrative practice, realized I was not a great business owner on my own, closed that up, and joined another practice that had an opening for me at the time in the same hometown. Wasn't a good fit, tried another practice, was more corporate medicine, something that in all my years I had not practiced under, where an institution hires you and tells you how to practice and what to do. And it became very uncomfortable not having any decision-making and how my patients are treated, the flow of my work day, things like that. And about the time I said to Rod, I don't know that I can do 15 more years of this, that glossy showed up and I thought, this is amazing. So literally you got the mailer and you're like, 
this looks good. This looks good. You weren't actually even looking for a job at the time. No, no. I was just trying to figure out where I was going to go. Something had to change. They were talking about adding 7 a.m. hours. I was already seeing 24 patients a day and working till about 10 o'clock at night just to do the charting aspect. And now to add maybe another five to 10 patients a day, it was overwhelming. So there are many other jobs that physicians can do. I'm not one to truly sit behind a telephone and do the insurance prior authorization aspect. I didn't want telehealth. I like to be in front of people. And so just looking around for the practice style, and I had started out with a physician-owned practice for 15 years, and that's really what I was looking for. It's hard to find these days. Absolutely. Now, in your most recent practice, you did not do OB. I did not. How's it been coming back here and restarting OB? Because I I see you on the labor deck quite a bit, and you really seem excited, and you seem to be enjoying yourself. I love OB. I always have. When I went to medical school, it was with the thought of going into a specialty with obstetrics and gynecology. And then I realized I really didn't like the surgical part of obstetrics that much. I really wanted the hands-on with moms and babies and things like that. Loved it. My first practice, we had a ton of deliveries. It was 9, 10 deliveries, even up to 12 a month sometimes. So it was a lot of late nights, a lot of no sleep. We often had one day off a week, and that post-call day, I was so exhausted. It was almost a worthless day, and I almost always had a migraine with it. So a lot of migraines, a lot of fatigue, mental fogginess. And so when the group I joined after going out on my own did not do obstetrics, I thought, this is fantastic. A little hiatus, I get some sleep. And then realized coming to Crohn Clinic and jumping back into it, I realized how much I was missing actually delivering these babies and educating mothers, things like that. And the number of deliveries we have is much more conducive to quality care rather than just running numbers and being up all night and knowing one day you'll get some sleep down the road. Sure. So, What, it, what would you describe as your practice style? How do you, what is your kind of niche practice style? How do you differentiate yourself from other physicians? That's an interesting question, because now that I've come here to Crohn Clinic, so many of the physicians have similar practice styles. It's very focused on education. It's focused on gathering patient input and then coming up with an individualized game plan. That's what I've always done is trying to individualize. A lot of our profession is based on algorithms, based on large quantities, large groups of people. And yet I've always realized that people are individual. There are things that limit why something may not work as well for that person as for someone else. It may be something related to time, motivation, energy, whatever, and they can't follow a certain prescribed program. And so to find out what those limitations are, their motivations, their incentives, their education level regarding what we're talking about, and then coming up with something that's appropriate for them 
And it ties in really well with what we're going to talk about today because it really is working as a partnership and educating and giving encouragement rather than I'm going to fix you type of type of thing. Right. You're not focused on I'm going to fix you. You're focused on how can I help you best improve yourself in a way that you want to, in a way that works for you. Correct. And that's through a lot of things. When I went out on my own for a short period of time, it was with a little bit of extra education in what they call functional medicine, looking at underlying causes. And really what it was wonderful for is going back to what we had learned about physiology and biochemistry. How does this amazing body actually work? How can we make it work better? And so much of it comes back to diet and lifestyle. So many things we do get our hormones out of balance and how can we get those back on? It had to do with toxicities and what are those? Things that glunk up our system and make them work less efficiently. It could be sugar. It could be lead exposure. It could be all kinds of things. But how can we find those things and help people reach their optimal health? So, so Katrina, it's been awesome having you on this first part of Consultation Room 24. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss lifestyle changes and type 2 diabetes. Exciting stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kirk.